the other day was who wants to live long who wants to live long is tied to which commandment commandment number five who wants to live long Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. But now, commandment number six, our sermon title was, Who Wants to Live? So it is a commandment that preserves life, that does not make us kill. So now you will not be confused again, isn't it? You'll just know number five. Number six is, thou shall not kill. I've tried to make it easy. Now, we are going to... Commandment number seven. We're going to commandment number seven today. Um, what is our message title for the day? Uh, I know you're trying to think. I don't cram them. You don't cram them. Look for it. Look for it. What is our? You, you didn't share with us these things. I did. I thought you shared with us. What is our message title for today? Paraphrase it. You can redefine a wrong but doesn't make it right. Okay, okay. So what was it? Uh, it is. It is. Uh, not. Yes. Call it any other name. It's still wrong. That's what we are dealing with today. Call it any other name. It's still wrong. You can decide to sugarcoat sin, but sin is sin. You can decide to call it by another name, it's still sin. You can decide to call it a mistake, it's still sin. You can decide call it by any other name, it's still wrong. That is what I want us to do. The titles are basically just me trying to capture the message in capsule form. So that when you are uh, quickly remembering, you just remember, oh, call it by any other name, it's still wrong. So let's go into this one. Commandment number seven. We have read the text. It says, thou shalt not, shall not commit adultery. And you see, when God talks about thou shalt not commit adultery, God talks about so many things. While we need to understand the way the Bible is captured. In the Ten Commandments, is captured everything that is defined as sin. Are we understanding? The Ten Commandments captures everything that is defined as sin. I, I, I need to pick this one from the book of First John. First John chapter 3, verses 4, as we start today's message. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Amen? Amen. Sin is the transgression of the law. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Grant us to understand your word. Grant us to apply your word in our lives. And God, forgive us of our trespasses. Forgive us of our sins and our iniquities. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, um, sin is a transgression of the law. But you see, again, we ask ourselves, transgression of which law? The law is given in the book of Exodus. Ten Commandments. But I know what people will normally say, and that's why we, we came up with this thing called practical application of the Ten Commandments. By the way, I'm not even the one who generated it. You're the ones who said that we need a practical application. 
Because the thing is, it's not that we don't know that there are Ten Commandments. Ever since you joined the Adventurers Club, you knew there were Ten Commandments. You've always known there are Ten Commandments, isn't it? But the, the biggest question is, most of the times we look for the gray area, or we ask ourselves, but what about this? Now let me tell you, when you were young, Ten Commandments were very simple to understand. Do you know that? Do you know, as you kept on growing, this thing started being a challenge. So, when you are at this age, is when you ask, hey, show us where it is written, you shall not drink alcohol. Show us. <laughs> as in, and, and, and the, that's what we say. Show us where it is written. If, if you say you don't want us to watch TV, show us where it is written, thou shalt not watch TV. It's not part of the Ten Commandments. And, and that's what they, everyone will say that. Show us where it is written, you should not do this. Show us where it is written, you should not do this. And let me tell you, this life of show us, show us, is not a good life. Every time you are asking, oh, prove this, prove this, you've, you've made life so difficult, especially for preachers. Life has become difficult. Yes, I know, the Bible says, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. But, but why don't you want to prove all things? Why are you pushing it to the preacher? As in, but then let me ask you a question. Which one is easier? To do wrong until you understand what is right or to avoid what you don't know until you understand that it is allowable? You didn't get me. Let me explain again. There are two things. We don't know whether doing this thing is wrong. Should I continue doing it or should I start doing it until the day when I am told that, okay, that thing is wrong? Or if I don't know whether it is wrong, I don't do it until the day it is clarified that this thing is right. What should we do? Yes? Just avoid. In other words, what you don't know. Like for instance, if you've never seen a Bible text that says, do not drink alcohol. You've never seen. Please don't drink until the day you see the text that says drink. Okay? <laughs> you know, like at times you always ask, hey, you've had these kinds of reasoning that, oh, even Jesus changed water into wine. Okay, did, did, you, did you start drinking alcohol when you read Jesus changed water into wine? Or you were drinking alcohol, now you are looking for verses that can come close to the alcohol. And, and, and that at times is a challenge we have. As in, we are doing wrong, then we realize, hey, where is the verse that can justify this? That's almost like the someone that was there yesterday evening about Saul. You know, Saul is this kind of person who he, he does wrong, and then he says, hey, we spared these ones to offer sacrifice. As in, understand, understand, there's a religious reason why we did this. As in, don't look for a religious reason to explain the wrong you are doing. It's not right. And, and, and that is why when, when we go into, into God's word, we tell ourselves, and, and I like putting it this way, if I have never found it clearly written in the word of God that, hey, by the way, this one, like this, like this, if I've never found it clearly written, do not blame yourself. Continue searching. Continue searching. Whatever you find written, do. Whatever you are not certain about, don't do. 
Are, are you getting me? I'm, I'm giving as a principle that may help us to keep the Ten Commandments, to keep the law of God. Whatever we find, by the way, when we don't do what we clearly know to do, that is wrong. It is sin when you know the right thing to do and you don't do it. Problem is, there are so many things that we know which we should do and we are avoiding to do them. And there are so many things we know which we should not do and we rush to do them. So here is where we need to come to a convergence and deal with it. Today, we talk about thou shall not commit adultery. As we talk about thou shall not commit adultery, I, I, I want us to look at it. You know, the, these are the points you, you don't even know what question to ask as a speaker. It, 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 you, you know, adultery is, is, is one of the things whereby you ask yourself, okay, do, do we ask in the class, how many of you have ever committed adultery? Is, is that a relevant question? No, preacher, preacher, just, just talk. Just talk to us. Teachers, teachers, <laughs> those are the kinds of things you say. Like, but, but I ask myself, you see, this is captured in so many things. I see the Bible, use another word, fornication. What is fornication? I see the Bible use so many words as, as it talks about these things. Now, one thing you need to understand, in writing the Ten Commandments, and that's why the Bible uses the principle of here little, there little. In writing the Ten Commandments, imagine the way we have a problem with commandment number two. It's one of the longest and commandment number four, so you know that. The way we say, hey, thou shalt not make for yourself any graven image, then you, you've stopped there. Then the preacher is like, no, say the whole commandments. Hey, now you want me to start saying of anything in the heavens above, of anything in the earth beneath, of anything in the waters under the earth. Hey, is it yet over? No, it's not over. Thou shalt not bow down to them. Thou shalt not worship. Is it yet over? No, it's not over. I am a jealous God. Is it over? No, I visit iniquity. Hey, that commandment is long. But the other one, thou shalt not kill. Summarized. Now imagine, here you are saying, oh God, why didn't you tell us everything about killing in one text? How would you have even remembered? If second commandment has taken two verses and it's comprehensive, and yet, even in that one, you still are unable to keep it to memory. What if God took everything related to killing? and put them in commandment number four. You remember what we were learning yesterday? Suicide, what, what, how you... All these things, we put them, imagine if God put them there. Now, thou shalt not commit adultery, looks summarized. But, there are several things that we can do, which then God says, hey, all these things are tied to this commandment. In other words, what I'm trying to say, you see, in life, uh, when there is sin, you have to ask yourself which commandment has gone wrong. Which commandment have we just interfered with? Let me ask a simple question. If you dress badly, yeah, you dress skimpily, which commandment have you interfered with? Yes? Suppose you dress in a way, I, I love cold weather. Cold weather is good. We, we don't even have to argue about dress code. <laughs> the, the weather itself contains you. 
yeah, you, you don't have to argue. Hot weather, hot weather is misused. But, but let's say, which commandment are we dealing with? Because at times, at times we think the Adventist church is hanging so much on one commandment. Until you're like, but, but where is the text? Where is the text about dressing? Which commandment? Now that's what I'm saying. You see, if, if you are to look at, if you are to look at the Ten Commandments, I say, for instance, you dress in a way that is destructive. As in, we're just distracted. You, you come, you sit. By the way, at times I think, listen, be even polite to us. Be polite to us when you're carrying out yourself. You, you, you've heard nowadays people use terms like dressed to kill. Can you imagine? We had said thou shalt not kill. We had said thou shalt not kill, but in your dress code you've targeted, I am murdering. I am just going today, today. Look at terms we are using, you are slaying. Can you imagine? Even the terms we use, even the terms we use when I am dressing. But then listen, it makes it difficult. We tell you dress modestly. No, I want to dress to kill. In other words, you've targeted people, murderer by extension. <laughs> As in, you've targeted people, I just want to dress to kill. Imagine. Part of your, what do you call, performance contracts, targets that you signed with yourself. And that's why I say, you, you stand in front of a mirror. What, what determines how you dress? Let me tell you, it's not wrong to dress modestly and smart. And let me tell you, when you are smart, I will tell you you are smart. And it is good. Tell people when they are smart. Because the moment you don't tell them when they are smart, tomorrow they are going to misbehave because they are targeting you. So when you see, by the way, listen, when a lady tells you you are smart, not that they are interested in you. They've appreciated the way you have done well today. You've heard? Yeah. A guy says you are smart, you see me starry. That, that is nothing, that is nothing. The person, those are not lines. That is just somebody who has admitted that today you presented yourself well. My eyes have confirmed that you are well dressed. And please, let's tell people when they are well dressed. Because when you don't tell them, tomorrow their skirts start becoming short. Tomorrow if they are guys, you just start seeing. They are dressing in funny things. They, 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 all of a sudden, I don't know. Why, why do guys come with jeans to church on Sabbath? As you know, you know it's the coolest thing. This is the latest thing. Preacher, you know me, I'm not a preacher. You are a child of God. You are a preacher. Listen, you, you as a child of God, you are literally a preacher wherever you are walking. Do you know that? I, I don't need even to stand here. You don't have to wait for World Global Youth Day to, to put on, I am the salmon. You are a salmon every day. So please, let me tell you, if the high priest had particular garments for Sabbath, when he's, going, when he's going into the sanctuary, he had to put on particular garments. You, why don't you have a special dressing for Sabbath? Just want to dress anyhow coming to church. Then when you're going for an interview, you're smartly dressed. Hey, please, let's not joke. When you are coming before the presence of the Lord, carry out yourself well. Just know, this is a serious interview. Here you are. You, you have a tie you only put on when you're going for an interview. Let me tell you, just because you're putting on a tie doesn't mean that we'll make you a deacon. If you fear being a deacon, we won't make you one. But please, dress smartly. Let's do well. And I always say, by the way, nowadays I think, ladies are catching up. Men are disappointing me. 
Ladies are catching up in dressing. We talked so much about their short dresses until nowadays they are long, too long, which is good. But now the guys, now the, the converse, now the guys, when you come to the guys, nobody was telling them that you're dressing badly. Nowadays, they dress like rock stars. Want to come to church, wants to look like he's, he's the rogue one of all the ones here. As in, I don't know, what is wrong with us? Dress yourself, carry out yourself as if you're going to the presence of the Lord. Because remember, you are judged by the way you carry out yourself. Call it by any other name. It is still wrong. You, you can say what you want. And let me tell you, please, when you dress and you come to the gate there and you don't have a Bible in your hand and you are mistaken not to be going to church, just know you've dressed badly. Just know. Meet your friend who is not an Adventist on Sabbath. And I don't know, why don't we even walk with our Bibles? Even on Sabbath, you don't even walk with your Bibles. Say, this thing is heavy. What? Your laptop is heavy and you're walking with it too. Every time you're going to the university, you're walking with your laptop and it's heavier. Bible, word of God, you're coming to church. Freestyle. Freestyle. Please, let's just take God seriously. I think as time goes by, let me tell you, when you are a member of Nairobi Central, you are at another level. Let me tell you, I don't know how you want to say it, but let me tell you, churches are also have levels. Levels. You think which church has a BC next to them like this? You, you don't have a Bible and there is a BC, there is a BC. Listen, there are some churches, you can find a church tucked somewhere in the middle of Masaini over there. Those ones, even if they say we don't have a Bible when coming to church, I understand. You, ABC, here, and you don't have a Bible. Hymns, you are waiting for projector. I'm going to talk to Dixie. I'm going to say, where the youths are seated, no projector. You don't even have a hymnal. Ah, no, call it any other name. It's still wrong. It's still wrong. When you're a child of God, have a hymnal that you can walk with and come with to church. There is ABC. You are in Nairobi Central for a reason. Now I know some of you are going to transfer to New Life. Just go. <laughs> Just go to New Life. But you are in Nairobi Central. You are privileged to have so many Adventist materials. Here is the union. Look, the union is here. And here you are just joking. We are almost like the children of Israel. Making noise when we are surrounded by the presence of the Lord and every privilege that you have under the sun. Call it any other name. It's still wrong. And let me tell you, we need to carry out ourselves as God's children. We live in a generation that is interesting. Let me speak about thou shalt not commit adultery. You see, fornication is wrong, isn't it? Or is it right? Fornication is wrong. Yeah? But why is it that young people... Uh, no, where, where are those statistics? You know... Uh, at times it's, it's good. I know you, you will ask, oh, but preacher, what gives you authority to talk to us about fornication? <laughs> <laughs> Who gives you that authority? You've come here. We told you practical application of ten commandments. We want to apply them. You, you are going to fornication. But, but, but the commandment says thou shalt not commit adultery, isn't it? Now, let me give you some statistics. If you want to know that God was preparing me for this presentation today. Now let me tell you, 
I met some strange statistics this week. Very strange. One of them, and I, I think I, I may need to share this, this with you so that the statistics are with you. Report on teenage pregnancies in Kenya, 2021, July 5th, 2022. That's when this was published, this report. 317,644. That is the total number of adolescent pregnancies in Kenya. Last year alone, 317,644. So you think this is not relevant gospel for you? Actually, you know, preacher, us, we only deal with heavenly things. Leave, leave teenage pregnancies out. No, 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 no. This is relevant. Listen, listen to statistics. I, I've not even gone to the text. And I will go to the text even if I have time or not. This one, if I don't finish, I'm coming tomorrow without invitation. <laughs> now listen. 21% of all the pregnancies in Kenya last year were adolescents. 21%. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Out of 5. 1. Teenage. Adolescent pregnancy. Of all the pregnancies that were there last year. My wife was pregnant last year. <laughs> Not last year. Is it last year? Yeah, my son was born in August last year. Yes, so last year, when they were counting my wife among the pregnant people, hey, there were adolescents who were competing with my wife. Can you imagine? 21% of all the pregnancies last year were adolescents. Continue. One in every three mothers attending prenatal clinics are teenagers. One in every three mothers who are attending prenatal clinics, teenagers. Continue with the statistics. Nine counties, and you need to check which county you are in. Nine counties contributed to 56% of teenage pregnancies. In other words, there are some counties where the chances of getting pregnant as a teenage is very high. The age 10 to 14 years constituted 20,803 pregnancies. Can you imagine? And we're saying, oh, don't talk to them about, about uh, sex and such. This thing, 10. Wh which age group is this? Which one is this? 19. This is 19 to 25. Hey, now we are talking of 10. If 10 are already affected, what about 19? Or you're saying we were affected when we were 10. Okay, no, no, no. Preacher, don't, don't be a prophet. Now, let, let's finish. Let's finish. Position three. You, you know this country rarely scores high. Rarely scores high. We are pathetic. World Cup, we can't qualify. There's nothing we can do well. As in, but listen. Position three. Kenya is the third highest in teenage pregnancies worldwide. Worldwide, Kenya is the third highest in teenage pregnancies worldwide. <laughs> Can you imagine? These are just statistics. You ask me to talk about practical application of the Ten Commandments. Listen, we, we have not even spoken about commandment number seven, but statistics already show that we need to talk about it. Because if Kenya can be the third highest in teenage pregnancies in the whole world, as in when people are struggling with other things, 
we are struggling how we can be top in teenage pregnancy. Number three, worldwide. Okay, preacher, continue with statistics. No, let me not. For the constant, no, 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 this final one. One in five adolescent girls were mothers or pregnant last year. One in five. As I said, those are just statistics. My late dad would say statistics don't lie. So those are the statistics we have. Now let me tell you something. The people who can change the statistics is you. Because when we are talking of these people who are getting pregnant at a tender age, you are the ones who can change those statistics. So let's look at this. And I said, call it any other name, it's still wrong. Listen to this in the book of... Uh, wow. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 6. Commandment number 7. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Practical application. Let's talk. Listen to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. How many of you want to go to heaven? As in you sincere, you want to go to heaven. Let me just see. You sincere? Okay, put down your hands. So let me tell you how you can fail to go to heaven, okay? If you don't want to go to heaven, please don't disturb yourself. Just choose how you don't want to go to heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators. Did you get that? So it, it, it just says plainly, this is not chief saying. This is the Bible saying that fornicators are not going to heaven. So despite the statistics I have read, one out of every five pregnancies in Kenya were teenage pregnancies. But despite those statistics, and let me tell you, none of those teenage pregnancies were, what do you call them? At the holy, holy pregnancy. The, the Holy Spirit conceived a child in you. None. These ones we know. None of them was like that. But listen. It says, know ye not. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom. Do not be deceived. In other words, at times somebody can lie to you that you can do this and still go to heaven. So Paul says, don't be deceived. Neither fornicators. Fornicators are not going to heaven. Nor idolaters. Those who worship idols, not going to heaven. This is so simple. Neither adulterers. And I want you to notice something. We are still continuing. Nor effeminates. Now, that is where you pretend like King James English is difficult. What is effeminate? Yeah? What is effeminate? Do, do you have Google? What does Google say? You know Google is more believed than the Bible. What does Google say? Yes. Okay. Now listen. Have, have you seen some guys who behave like their girls? <laughs> guys have started dyeing their hair, and guys are walking, folding their hands, carrying handbags. Beloved, if you are a guy, be manly, okay? Just behave like a man. Man up. I wish I had time to talk about that because I am a man. Sometimes I feel like 
boy child, you're disappointing me. But let me tell you, we also see the other, the converse is also true. Now we also have girls who are pretending that they are male. And all of a sudden, let me tell you, right now, the best I read of come out of her, my people, was in Revelation chapter 18. Right now there's a new time that has been gone, coming out. Then coming out is simply, you want to be a homosexual, you want to be a lesbian, then you say, you know, it's not good to lie to yourself. Me, I'm just saying the truth. I'm saying boldly that I'm homosexual. And then you think, that is serious? Call it any name, it is still wrong. Homosexuals are not going to heaven. You won't go to heaven practicing homosexuality. You have to accept Jesus and stop practicing homosexuality for you to go to heaven. That's how simple it is. Right now, sexual sins have become very rampant. Young people, in fact, <laughs> I remember sometimes we were saying, long time ago, when you saw a young boy walking with a young girl, you were worried. Right now, even if you see two young girls walking together constantly, you ought to be more worried. Because lesbianism is real. Homosexuality is real. Now look at where we have come to. As in, people have dirtified themselves until now you don't know what you want to do. And let me tell you, the Bible speaks against these things. Let me read for you something in the book of Romans. Romans, call it any other name. It's still wrong. Romans chapter 1. This is, this is the first one. Ah. No, 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 no. What time is it? It's 10, what? 10 or 5. Allow me to wrap up at 10.15, if you don't mind. Allow me to wrap up at 10.15 or 10.10. No, 10.15 is good. <laughs> Let me wrap up at 10.15. And then ensure the person whose time I have also taken, you allow them to wrap up after a few minutes. <laughs> No, but let me finish this one. Try to understand quickly so that I finish quickly, okay? And as I've said, I'm not going to be in a hurry to finish because as long as you are alive, I am still alive, we can still meet. And with these virtual things, I will go preach them in my corner, send to you. If you don't want to listen, it's up to you. That's how serious I am. <laughs> I love that. You don't want to listen. By the way, we are living in the last days. You just choose what you listen to, okay? If you don't want to listen to the truth, no problem. But let's read, read this. Romans 1, 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It begins by saying what? I am not ashamed. Do you know one thing? One thing I have told myself, I will not be ashamed of the gospel if the drunkard is not ashamed of his misbehaving. Why are you ashamed of the gospel if somebody who is actively practicing sin is not ashamed? They come out and boldly declare, me, I am openly gay. Nowadays they use even the word open, I don't know what it means. But they say, I am openly gay. And you here, who is openly Seventh-day Adventist, is ashamed. You don't even want people to know you are SDA. You're ashamed. But it says, for I am not ashamed. And listen, the run-up to that statement of I am not ashamed, in verses 18 it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So he is a Sabbath keeper. He holds the truth, but he is practicing fornication. He holds the truth, but he is doing all unrighteousness that we have been defining this week. Now that is going to be difficult. But listen, going ahead to explain these things, it says in verses 
uh, in verses uh, 26. Let me go to 26 because I wanted to explain this quickly as I close. Call it any other name, it is still wrong. First, Romans 1, 26. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. Let me tell you, God can give up on you. I know preachers will always preach and tell you the way God is going around chasing you and looking for you. Yes, but for this cause, when they decided this one, God gave them up to vile affections. Let me tell you, you can see somebody doing something that is terribly wrong and you're wondering what has come over them. God gave them up to vile affections. And listen to this. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Women, ladies, started misbehaving. The Bible says that. And, and that's why you hear all this thing about young people. We need to talk about masturbation. We need to talk about lesbianism. We need to talk about this. Because, as I was telling you the other day, hey, somebody who is gay is the main character in a movie. That is the star. And I told you, be careful what you watch. Because previously we were scared about gays, we were scared about homosexuality, but they started making it look normal through the silver screen. It came until it's normal. Nowadays you see a man holding a man and they're kissing each other. It's normal because your sensibilities have been desensitized by the silver screen. Oh, preacher, finish quickly. Listen. Verse 27. Likewise, men also, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in lust towards one another. Men burning in lust towards one another. Listen. I know people are saying, oh, preacher, you, you are against gays. You know Jesus died for them. I didn't say Jesus didn't die for them. He also died for thieves. But Jesus did not die so that you continue in that lifestyle. He died so that we stop that kind of a lifestyle. He died telling you, I can set you free. Ah. Commandment number one. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. I can deliver you if I got them from Egypt. What is, what is homosexuality? What is this sin that you're struggling with? He says, if I delivered, I am the Lord. And, and listen to this. They burned towards one another. Men with men working what is unseemly and receiving themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And listen to this. And even, verse 28, as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Listen, God gave them up to a bad mind, a debased mind, to do that is, which is inconvenient. Beloved, our practical application of the Ten Commandments is we need to do that which is right. We are living in the last ages. I, I, I just gave you small statistics about teenage pregnancies alone. And I said, listen, teenage pregnancy does not mean that the ladies are the ones who are sexually active. It also means there are people who are making them pregnant. In fact, one time we need to do statistics. When we see teenage pregnancy, we need to ask, how many young men have fathered children? We need to ask. We need to ask ourselves, how many young people are involved in fornication? We need to ask ourselves. And we don't ask ourselves to build up statistics. At the preacher asks, how many have ever committed fornication? Me, I don't want to lie. I'm putting up my hand. No, 
When the preacher asks that, you think critically and you make a decision for God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, flee fornication. Flee. If there is a word for it, it didn't say, don't commit fornication. It just said flee. In other, do you know the difference between flee and walk away? Have you understood English? Flee means you are running away so fast, you're almost hurting yourself. Flee fornication. That's what the Bible says. You can go check. First Corinthians chapter 6, where we started, verse 9. Go all the way up to 20. It is very wonderful. And it explains why you should flee fornication. It says every sin that a man commits is without the body. But those who commit fornication, you are sinning with your own body. You can steal, it is out of the body. You can lie, it is out of the body. But fornication, your body. So he says flee. And then that's why it ends. When you read in verses 19 going down, it says, you are bought with a price. As in, I like that. It only tells us that Jesus has paid it all. May God bless you. I know we said that someone doesn't have to be eternal for it to have eternal consequences and impact. So what we've not shared, we'll continue sharing as the Lord gives us life. But practical application of the Ten Commandments. Quick overview. Commandment number one. What was our message? What's in a name? You remember that? What's in a name was our message on the first day. And we did... To, no, it wasn't. Will the real God please stand up? Yes, will the real God please stand up? And we wanted to just know who is God in your life. At times, you have made yourself the God. You have worshipped the God of money. You have worshipped the God of wealth. But let's get the real God. And the next day, what's in a name? And we said, you have a very high calling. You are called a Christian. That first part of the name. Please, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Preserve that name. There's a wonderful thing in that name. And beyond that, there is something wonderful about the name, the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy? That day is not just like any other day. There's something in that name. There's blessings attached to the Sabbath. And the next day, who wants to live long? Who wants to live long? We talked about honor your father and your mother. This commandment has a promise. You want to live long? Please honor your parents. And we said honoring our parents is not only being obedient to parents. It's also doing things that will give their names a good repute. And people can see when you pass your exams, you're honoring your parents. And we said you can even disagree with your parents honorably. And we wrote, we wrote our commitment sheets signed with our parents, isn't it? And as I said to those who came earlier, those commitment sheets, I want to see them tomorrow. And I am going to request the parents that the commitment sheets we wrote and signed be framed and put in your bedroom so that tomorrow you start drinking or smoking, mama just goes and points. Look at what you wrote. And then, who wants to live? Let's preserve our lives. And today, call it by any other name, it is still wrong. We, we, we can decide to call it an alternate lifestyle, whatever we want to call it. Wrong is wrong, even if everyone is doing it. Right is right, even if no one is doing it. May God bless you. May God keep you safe. In case of any question, channel them through your leaders, and we will address them accordingly. Otherwise, the Lord bless you. Let's close the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, once again, we get that opportunity when we just want to thank you for who you are. In this earth, we are suffering because of sin. 
In this earth, we are faced with a lot of temptation. But God, please help us. Please just help us. Help us. Because these things are too much for us. The message we've learned today, we want to live pure lives. And God, it's a challenge when surrounding us is all the impurities and the temptations. Everywhere, we turn left, we turn right, everywhere is temptation. But God, we trust in you. We know you can enable us. So please, our cry today is help us that we may do right because it is right. Help us that we may live for you. And God, I pray and thank you for this camp meeting. Thank you for the next speakers who are going to come as they continue to give us wonderful words of life and wonderful information. I pray that may your abiding presence be with us. Teach us in this hour is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you all. The Lord keep you safe.